The moon is the symbol of Our Lady. The moon is for those in darkness. And I think in a special way for sinners. So that if we but look to her, who is the moon, and derives all light from the sun, they would never fall into an abyss. Now this is the rosary. Welcome you all to another Daily Decade, your rosary on the road, or rosary on the back porch this evening. Oh, I wasn't able to record earlier because I had left my headphones at home. That's the technological difficulty that we ran into. But as promised, I'm going to get something posted before uh, midnight uh, GMT, uh, Greenwich Mean Time, and uh, that should get us up before the evening out in California, and should get us up... Uh, before a nightfall on the east coast of the United States, so it'll be something. Today we're going to pray uh, for the we're going to do a prayer for the sick for Trevor, who has been diagnosed with a cancer. Um, it's a I, I've read that it's a minor cancer, but I don't know that there is such a thing as that. So I'm going to pray for Trevor. And we're going to pray for Molly, uh, his wife, as they uh, deal with this reality, uh, take this cross upon their shoulders and. Uh, bear it heroically. If you have any prayer requests, Fridays are prayers for the dead and they are prayers for the sick. If you have any prayer requests of any kind, you can send those in to requests at proton.me. That's M for Michael, E for Elizabeth, uh, or protonmail.com also works. Decade is D-E-C-A-D-E, -E, requests in the plural. And you can also comment on the Telegram at the Daily Decade. We're on Gab at the Daily Decade. 
Um, and on an instance of the uh, Fediverse is postpoa.st at the Daily Decade on that one as well. And we're on Odyssey now as well at the Daily Decade. Everywhere that I go, it will always be at the Daily Decade. That makes your life easier. It makes my life easier. And it will make it easier for everybody to find me and submit any prayer requests that you might have. Right now, I actually, we're, we're doing really well. Um, we've got uh, Requiem requests up through the 4th of November. So um, I've got an opening there. I've got uh, the 11th of November is open, and then from the 18th onward, we have all openings there. I've moved some things around. Uh, on Monday, I was originally going to pray, uh, Michelangelo, if you're listening to this, I was going to pray for you. Um, but I've had to move that because we've got a, a time-sensitive request that's come up. Uh, so uh, you're going to go on the 24th of October. And Sentinel, who's another very long-time listener, and I know will be understanding of this, I've moved the re repetition of your intention to the 14th of November because we're just packed up all the way through, which I am thrilled with if we can keep this up all the way through christmas that'll be wonderful i might do something special for christmas i wanted to do something special for october since it is the month of the holy rosary i haven't decided what yet but we're recording today on the feast of the holy rosary so i certainly encourage you to pray a full rosary today and i'm glad that we're praying in latin without that having been said let's go ahead and get our rosaries out uh, and we're going to pray for Trevor, perfect healing of Trevor, and for Molly, his wife, uh, bearing their cross in this, uh, in this season. And of course, it being Friday, like I said, we're going to be praying in Latin. In nomine Patris, Fidi et Spiritus Sancti. Amen. Credo in Deum, Patrum Omnipotentum, Creatori Cere Terre, et in Jesum Christum, Filium eius unicum, dominum nostrum, qui conceptus est de Spiritu Sancto, natus ex Maria Virgine, passus sub Pontio Pilato, crucifixus mortus et sepultus, descendidan inferos, tertia die resurrexida mortuis, ascendida celos, sedida dexteram dei patris omnipotentis inde venturus, est judicari vivus et mortuos. Credo in Spiritum Sanctum, Sanctum Ecclesiam Catholicum, Sanctorum communionum, resmissionem peccatorum, carnis resurrectionem, vitam eternam. Amen. Pater noster, qui es in ceris, sanctificere nomen tuum, adveniat regnum tuum, fia voluntas tua, sicut in cero et in terra, panum nostrum quotidianum da nobis horiae, et de midi nobis da vita nostra, sicut et nos da minibus debitoribus nostris, et ne nos inducas in tentationem, Sed libera nos amalo. Amen. Ave Maria, gratia plena, Dominus tecum. Benedicta tu in moriaribus, et benedictus fructus ventris tui, Jesus. Sancta Maria, Mater Dei, ora pro nobis peccatoribus, nunc et in ora mortis nostre. Amen. Ave Maria, gratia plena, Dominus tecum. Benedicta tu in moriaribus, et benedictus fructus ventris tui, Jesus. Sancta Maria, Mater Dei, ora pro nobis peccatoribus, nunc et in ora mortis nostre. Amen. Ave Maria, gratia plena, Dominus tecum. Benedicta tu in mulieribus, et benedictus fructus ventris tui, Jesus. Sancta Maria, Mater Dei, ora pro nobis peccatoribus, nunc et in ora mortis nostre. Amen. 
Gloria Patria, Fidio, et Spiritui Sancto, Sicura Errata in Principio, et Nunc, et Semper, et in Secula Seculorum. Amen. Primo Mysterium Dolorosum, Oratio et Agonia Domini Nostri, Jesu Christi, in Horto. Pater Noster, qui es in Celis, Sanctificer Nomen Tum, Adveniat Regnum Tum, Fia Voluntas Tua, Sicur in Cero et in Terra, Panam nostrum quotidianum da nobis odie, et de midi nobis debita nostra, sicut et nos de minimus debitoribus nostris, et ne nos inducas in tentationem, sed libera nos amalo. Amen. Ave Maria, gratia plena, Dominus tecum, benedicta tu in mulieribus, et benedictus fructus ventris tui, Jesus. Sancta Maria, Mater Dei, Ora pro nobis peccatoribus, nunc et in ora mortis nostre. Amen. Ave Maria, gratia plena, Dominus tecum, benedicta tu in mulieribus, et benedictus fructus ventris tui, Jesus. Sancta Maria, Mater Dei, ora pro nobis peccatoribus, nunc et in ora mortis nostre. Amen. Ave Maria, gratia plena, Dominus tecum, Benedicta tu in mulieribus, et benedictus fructus ventris tui, Jesus. Sancta Maria, Mater Dei, ora pro nobis peccatoribus, nunc et in ora mortis nostre. Amen. Ave Maria, gratia plena, Dominus tecum. Benedicta tu in mulieribus, et benedictus fructus ventris tui, Jesus. Sancta Maria, Mater Dei, ora pro nobis peccatoribus, nunc et in ora mortis nostre. Amen. Ave Maria, gratia plena, Dominus tecum. Benedicta tu in mulieribus, et benedictus fructus ventris tui, Jesus. Sancta Maria, Mater Dei, ora pro nobis peccatoribus, nunc et in ora mortis nostre. Amen. Ave Maria, gratia plena, Dominus tecum. Benedicta tu in mulieribus, et benedictus fructus ventris tui, Jesus. Sancta Maria, Mater Dei, ora pro nobis peccatoribus, nunc et in ora mortis nostre. Amen. Ave Maria, gratia plena, Dominus tecum. Benedicta tu in mulieribus, et benedictus fructus ventris tui, Jesus. Sancta Maria, Mater Dei, ora pro nobis peccatoribus, nunc et in ora mortis nostre. Amen. Ave Maria, gratia plena, Dominus tecum, benedicta tu in mulieribus, et benedictus fructus ventris tui, Jesus. Sancta Maria, Mater Dei, ora pro nobis peccatoribus, nunc et in ora mortis nostre. Amen. Ave Maria, gratia plena, Dominus tecum, benedicta tu in mulieribus, et benedictus fructus ventris tui, Jesus. Sancta Maria, Mater Dei, Ora pro nobis peccatoribus, nunc et in ora mortis nostre. Amen. Ave Maria, gratia plena, Dominus tecum. Benedicta tu in mulieribus, et benedictus fructus ventris tui, Jesus. Sancta Maria, Mater Dei, ora pro nobis peccatoribus, nunc et in ora mortis nostre. Amen. Gloria Patria, Fidio, et Spiritui Sancto. Sicur erat in principio, et nunc, et semper, et in secula seculorum. Amen. Salve Regina, Mater Misericordia, vita dulcedo et spes nostre, salve. Ad te clamamus, exulis filiae, 
Ate suspiramus, dementes et flentes in hac lacrimarum vale. Ea ergo ad vacara nostra, idos tuos misericordes oculos ad nos converte, et Jesum benedictum fructum ventris tui, nobis post hoc exilium ostende. O clemens, o pia, o dulcis virgo Maria. Ora pro nobis sancta Dei genetrix, ut digni officiamur permissionibus Christi. Oremos. Deus cuius unigenitus per vitam mortem et resurrectionem suam nobis salutis eterne premia comparavit, concide quesimus, ur heic mysteria sacratissimo beati Maria Virginius Rosario recolentes, inhibitemur quod continet et quod promitunt assequamur. Periundum Christum Dominum nostrum. Amen. Oremos. Domine Sancte, Pater Omnipotens, Eterne Deus, qui benedictionis Tue gratiam egeris infundendo corporibus facturum Tuam multiplici piatate custodis, ad invocationem Tui nominis benignus astiste, ur famulum Tuum ab agritudine liberatum et sanitate nominatum, dextera Tua erigas, virtute confirmas, potestate Tueris, Atque Ecclesia Tuae Sancte cum Omni Desiderata Prosperitate Restituas. Per Christum Dominum Nostrum. Amen. Sancte Michael Archangelae, defende nos in praelio, contra inacquisiam et insidias diabolo esto presidium, imperadili Deus, supplices de precamor, Tuque, princeps milite celestis, satana maliosque spiritus malignos, qui ad perdizionem animarem pervagantur immundo, divina virtute, in infernum detrude. Amen. Sacritissimum Coriesu, miserere nobis. Sacritissimum Coriesu, miserere nobis. Sacritissimum Coriesu, adveniat regnum tuum. In nomine Patris, et Filii, et Spiritus Sancti. Amen. Today is the Feast of the Holy Rosary, which is something that's worth reflecting on on its own, I suppose. And I probably ought to devote the whole thing to it, but I would hate to miss a reflection on the individual mysteries, which is the main point of all of this. And surely, it, if, it's a, if you go to a traditional church, then you've probably already uh, celebrated it. I'll make a quick comment on it because the external solemnity was last Sunday. I don't think any of anyone will be keeping the external solemnity this upcoming Sunday, because it's not very normal to move a feast forward, or backward rather than forward. Uh, so, but it's, uh, today's a day that's celebrated because it is the feast of three major victories that were accomplished by the Holy Rosary over the Saracen, uh, over the Turk in particular, uh, and the attempt to conquer Europe. The first one would be the Battle of Lepanto, which took place in, oh, during the reign of Pius V in the, er, in the 1520s, I believe. But I may be wrong about that. It may be earlier than that. The next one is the uh, Siege of Vienna that took place in 1680. And the last one is uh, a battle in... I don't think it was the Battle of Belgrade, but it may have been uh, in the 1760s. Uh, do, where the European 
forces, Christendom, the last time that Christendom really united itself uh, under the banner of the Holy Rosary against the Turks and drove them out. Now, the battle, in, the battle against the Turks in Dalmatia, or what is what would eventually become Yugoslavia. It's, Yugoslavia is a polity, it's not the actual region. The region is Illyrium, or Dalmatia, where the uh, Western Serbs took up, or the Western Slavs took up their home. Uh, the Croats, the Serbs, uh, the Bosnians, all of which are really ethnically speaking. They all come from one font, but they've unfortunately been divided over time by political decisions that, that have been made for them and that they have made, and religious decisions that, again, have been made for them and that they have made. But they did take a very heroic stand uh, against the Turks and, and defeated them on a couple of occasions, which is a great turnaround for the terrible defeat that they suffered at the Battle of Kosovo uh, and a lot of the mistreatment that the people that have lived there have suffered. Hungarians suffered it, Bulgars suffered it, Romanians suffered the, the Vlach people. Romania, what would eventually become the core of the Romanian nationality, suffered it. The Serbs suffered it, also related to the Vlach, uh, the Croats. They all suffered greatly under the, under the heel of the Turk. And so it's a great day for, I think, European Christians in general to celebrate and to remember who it is that grants us our worldly victories. Our spiritual victories and our worldly victories both come from a common source. And it is through his mercy and intercession that we win, that we conquer anything. And that's, that's the reminder for today. And I, I suppose actually that's a very good reminder considering what I wanted to talk about and what we wanted to reflect on, what I've been thinking about. Uh, namely, the first sorrowful mystery. We're back in the garden again. And it was something that I didn't really reflect on, I think, to a great degree last series or the series before, but it's something worth thinking about, and that is uh, what our place is in this mystery. We, we don't think about what Christ's place is in the mystery. We think about where Christ is uh, emotionally, spiritually. This is his great moment of, of humanity and, re and the victory of the divine will over the human and the example that he sets for us in conforming to the will of the Father in the garden. Not my will, but thy will be done. But because it doesn't appear in Scripture, we often neglect, I think, what's actually going on inside of him at the moment. We understand that throughout the Passion, Christ takes upon himself every individual sin that has ever been committed and will ever be committed throughout time. Because all those sins are children of a common father, which is the original sin, which is our, our first ancestor and his fault. Uh, there's, um, I think it's in Milton, that he portrays after the fall of Satan, he descends into hell and he is trying to make his way back up out of hell. And he passes pandemonium, which would be his palace and seat of authority. Uh, and he passes the gates of hell to exit and sees an old hag there uh, and a deformed uh, bastard child. And it is uh, the hag, it, the, the hag exp explains to Satan uh, who the child is. The child is death um, and, the, uh, and the hag is, is sin. 
uh, and Satan, the, the hag, explains that's, that this is his child, which he has a hard time processing. But he has a hard time processing it later on when the angels of heaven confront him and they don't recognize him. They don't, he doesn't realize he's become deformed by his evil. This is in, in Milton's, which is actually not inconsistent in that regard with our understanding of what happens to the devil. Uh, he is, his angelic uh, state is deformed and transformed such that he becomes something hideous. Uh, and he could continue to transform himself into an angel of lights, and Paul warns us about that. But he remains in his natural state, uh, bearing all of the physical deformities of his own damnation. Uh, much like those on the last day will we'll have the same thing happen to them, uh, those who die in sin. The agony in the garden is a moment in which this death, this sin uh, that springs from this common font, this deformed uh, element of creation that springs from our first sin and therefore is tied to that sin, is, begins to be overcome. And we must remember that the sacrifice on the cross and what is done by the sacrifice is eternal and infinite because the offense of original sin is eternal and infinite. That's why it exists in the realm of eternity in Milton. Satan, likewise, is eternal. He's not from eternity like God is, but he is a being outside of time, as all the angels are, good and bad. And so to be, overcome this infinite offense, there must be an infinite sacrifice, and that is Christ. But Christ, being God, experiences infinity in a way that is different than we can possibly imagine it as human beings. <clears throat> For us, infinity exists on a timeline because we exist in time, we're not eternal. For God, it happens all at once, and not as a conglomeration, but as each individual element at the same time but not blurred together when we think of infinity it's always you know it's like time travel you go, you go the stars turn into streaks of light as you go flying by them you know warp speed that sort of thing that's not how god experiences it god is eternity and so in many ways he's experiencing himself and he is fully and completely aware as if we became aware suddenly of each individual cell, each molecule, each atom that makes up our existence. If suddenly, as aware as when you take two fingers and rub them together, my thumb and my forefinger together and rub them together, I become aware of those fingers because I'm focusing on this. But I can be unaware of that too if you fall asleep Sometimes it, it happens to everyone, or maybe it only happens to me, maybe I'm insane. Sometimes you'll fall asleep and you'll wake up and you'll be confused and you'll have your arm resting on your leg. And I've, I've, on more than one occasion I've been a little bit freaked out by that because I, I think to myself, there's somebody else resting their arm on my leg. It's my arm, I'm just not fully aware of it. That's our imperfection. God is fully aware all the time of everything. And Christ, being God, therefore has an eternal experience 
of the sins that he is going to be overcoming. Which means that every time that you sin, or better yet, every time that you repent, what you are doing is considering turning away from a sin that Christ himself, in the garden, in that three hours that he spent in agony, experienced individually, looked you in the face before you even knew it, and said, I'm going to die anyway. And I wonder how many of us are the ones who committed the sins that made him turn to God and say, take this cup away from me. What sins was he reflecting on when he turned to God and said that? And when he turned back and said, not my will, but thy will be done. I'm going to do it anyway. How many disobediences and betrayals and instances of our own selfishness have we acted upon that made Christ turn to us like he turned to Peter in the court of the high priest and said nothing? And how many times did he cast his gaze on us in the garden and say with his lips, let this cup pass from me, but in his sacred heart, not my will, but thy will be done. I will die for them, for him, for her. When I thought about that, it was a little bit, um, well, one of our listeners, uh, one of my listeners referred to uh, the reflection last week, which I didn't think much of as being harrowing. But I'll tell you, a harrowing experience is getting hit in the gut with that realization. Uh, and it, it is a, it, it's a testimony, though, to the mercy of God, more than it is a testimony to his judgment, and a testimony to his mercy on us, despite our unworthiness. And that is something that we should always have before our face. We should always be in the state, in the, in the, in the, the position of Christ, looking at ourselves, at the sins that we are committing, and seeing what we are, and understanding why he would say, let this cup pass from me. And if we keep that in our minds, if we always have our own state as seen by God, in our minds, and we always think about the death that we deserve, then it will drive us away from sin. It will teach us to hate sin. Because the reason why we don't hate sin is because we don't love God enough. Hatred and love, those two things, they exist in a balance. The scales, are tip, if, if one is, is not heavy enough, well, the other one won't be high enough. You know? if, the, if the heart of Christ doesn't weigh heavily upon us, then our hatred will be will be very low. You have to imagine sort of a flame of a candle on one side of the scale. The scale tips down and it snuffs out the flame if the other side of the scale is very light. If we count God's mercy and the Sacred Heart of Christ very light and very frivolous, well then that other side of the scale will come down and snuff out that candle of hatred that we should always be cultivating against sin and against all of the sources of sin. 
Whereas if we count the heart of Christ to be very heavy and to be very grave and very important in our lives, well, that'll tip the scale down. It'll raise the other side of the scale and the flame will burn brighter. And you'll have white hot hatred for sin. And that's what, that's what God asks of us. We should be fanatics for God. And we should burn with perfect hatred for the evil in our lives. For sin and for all the sources of sin. Our hatred should always be white hot to burn that away from us. Because if we don't do it ourselves, if our hatred doesn't burn away our sin, then we will have all the effects of sin burned away in purgatory, or worse, in a place where the fire is never quenched. And so better for the hatred, your hatred to burn now, for all those things that are evil, and most of all those things that are evil within you, so that it burns it away, so you don't have to suffer the fires of hell or the fires of purgatory and expurgation. Most of us are probably going to end up there anyway. But we put in the effort now, and there will be few, less time, less fire, because there will be less to burn away. And so as Christ loves us with a perfect love, we should hate the enemies of Christ with a perfect hatred, as it says in the Psalms. Have I not hated them with perfect hatred? I have counted them among, as my enemies. Um, you know, there's another psalm that uh, let God arise, let his enemies uh, let his enemies flee from before his face as the smoke vanisheth before the flame as wax is consumed before the fire. Let it's let God arise, let his enemies be scattered. There it is. I I want to say that's a psalm in the 70s, but I may be wrong about that. I always have a hard time keeping track of the numbers of the psalms, but they're they're good prayers to memorize. It's it's the prayers that we were originally taught to pray. And I hope that we all, that would be my prayer for the weekend, my prayer for the Feast of the Holy Rosary, our prayer today, that all of us keep before us always the face of Christ looking upon us in our state of sin. And all of us keep burning within ourselves a white-hot hatred of evil. And that we will cultivate this perfect hatred within us, that we might more fully experience the warmth of the love of God. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Christian doesn't pray about heaven. That's a remarkable lack. Who ever heard of exiles not thinking about home? Now, I said, that's exactly what the rosary is. We are in a new moment of time and a new moment of space. So we keep saying to our Lord and to the Blessed Mother, I love you, I love you. That's the Holy Rosary. That's the Catholic faith. The whole Catholic faith is in it.